Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mushtar FM 89.6. I'm Maria, and today with me I have... Manuel. Hi. And Natalia. Hello. How are you guys? I'm happy. I'm relaxed. I'm chill. Good to know, yes. <laughs> I'm sleepy, but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay, because today we have a very interesting program. We are talking about cancel culture and the repercussion that it has on culture. Also, the way it affects people through social media. And we will try to answer several questions. Should we cancel famous people or people in general? Should the public give them a second chance? Is it just not that deep? Be careful, Maria. Why? This could be our last podcast. Why? We need to be careful about what we say. Are we going to be canceled? Maybe. Ooh. We don't know. Or maybe it's just not that important. We will discuss it today. But first of all, I've been using this term, but I haven't said what it means. So what does cancel culture mean? Cancel culture is a boycott involving an individual who is deemed to have problematic behavior or who has said something questionable or controversial. I'm sure you have heard about it. Uh, some people state that people who are canceled are rightfully so, but some others might think that sometimes things are taken out of context and magnified by social media. There's actually an article written by Pippa Norris, who is a professor at Harvard University, and she states that the controversies surrounding cancel culture are between those who argue that it gives a voice to marginalized communities, while the other spectrum argues that cancel culture is dangerous because it prevents free speech and or the opportunity for open debate. I'd also like to add that nowadays the discussion of cancel culture includes not only individuals, but sometimes countries, legal entities, and so on. Right now, there is a talk about canceling Russian culture, and as well, that's possible to cancel a music band or a whole theater, maybe. Although I haven't heard about anything similar to the last one. Do you know how the term was born? Yes, of course. Uh, canceling actually shares its DNA with a misogynistic joke. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's very interesting. But one of the first references to canceling someone comes in the 1991 film New Jack City, in which Wesley Snipes plays a gangster named Nino Brown. In one scene, after his girlfriend breaks down because of all the violence he's causing, he dumps her by saying, cancel that B. I'll buy another one. Mm. But canceling seems to have gotten its first big boost after an episode of VH1's reality show Love and Hip Hop, New York, that aired in December 2014, in which one of the cast members told his love interest, you are canceled during a fight. I think it's a very funny word, kind of. I mean, not now, but as it started to be used like canceling. I think it was yeah, very to funny. Just, to just start canceling people. Like, Manuel, you're canceled. Yes. I think it sounds terrible. Of course. It's so deeply linked with terrible things now that you can't really enjoy these first uses without thinking of really dramatic things like the Me Too movement of 2017. Yes, right now after the Me Too movement, it all sounds just terrible. And the movement started in 2017, as you mentioned. That was a moment where people condemned sexual harassment and publicize the experiences of sexual abuse. And it was actually initiated several times, starting from 2000. The most loud and memorable was the Me Too campaign after allegations against an American producer, Javier Weinstein. In case you don't know much about this figure, 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about Weinstein. So he was a part of a Miramax company. This company released such popular films as Goodwill Hunting and Shakespeare in Love and also Quentin's Tarantino Pulp Fiction. In 2005, Harvey Weinstein and his brother Bob founded an independent film studio named The Weinstein Company, usually credited as TWC. The company proved to be quite successful. Here are some of the examples of movies which it released. My Blueberry Nights, The Reader, A Single Man, The King's Speech, and The Imitation Game. However, in 2017, the New York Times reported strong allegations of Weinstein's sexual misconduct. He was accused of rape by around 15 women. The story by the journalists Jody Cantor and Megan Tuhi highlighted that sexual harassment took place for three decades, and in several cases the victims and those who knew about harassments were paid huge settlements. Another investigation on Weinstein was reported by Ronan Farrow in the very same New York Times. He added that not only Weinstein offered settlements for keeping silent, he had also hired private intelligence agencies to spy on the victims and as well on the reporters who were following the story. According to the women's reports, Weinstein invited actresses and models into a hotel room to discuss their career and there he demanded sex or a massage. After Weinstein's actions became public, the Me Too campaign spread within different societies. People from the artistic world, but also in the military, at schools, doctors, sportsmen, were all tweeting that once they have as well been harassed. Weinstein became an outcast and the hashtag MeToo has trended in at least 85 countries. So that's the story. So what were the exact consequences for Weinstein? Well, he didn't seem to feel guilty. In response to the New York Times report, he said, I appreciate the way I've behaved with colleagues in the past has caused a lot of pain, and I sincerely apologize for it. But nothing more. He was dismissed by his company, TWC. Also, several companies ended their collaborations with TWC, including Apple, Ashet, Amazon, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, and the Producers Guild of America. So they all stripped Weinstein of their memberships. As well, his wife, Georgina Chapman, announced the divorce. And the same month, in October 2017, the university at Buffalo, where Weinstein had studied, revoked his degree. As far as I understand, now he's in prison. And due to his poor health, he had been transferred from one facility to another for the last couple of years. The new allegations are still coming. And now I think the name Weinstein is an example of cancel culture. However, here I've got a question. Because as a producer, he released tons of really good movies. I personally watched a lot of them. And as long as I find this behavior of Weinstein utterly unacceptable, the work that his studio did is still amazing to me. What do you think one should do with the movies released by the studio? Should one watch or not watch them? What do you think, Maria? I think it's complicated, but I'm also taking into account that other people also worked in those movies. 
it wasn't just him, but there were also cameramen, the actors, and a lot of people were involved. I think that I could enjoy the movies that were made by the studio, but I would also remember that he was a part of the production team. Like, I would be aware at all times that this movie comes from a person that is not good. What do you think, Manuel? Like you said, I think it's a very difficult question, but I do agree with you to some extent. Yes, there were other people that were working on that movie, but for the Weinstein example, it was known by some people that you know, this was happening and they kind of let it happen. And these people were colleagues that were also working on the movies, so I don't really feel sympathy for all of them because in the case of Polanski that I was going to mention, he accepted the allegations because they were not allegations that he had sex with a, a 13-year-old. Everyone knows that and everyone keeps working with him. So in this case, I really don't care for the people that work on those movies because they know that they're working with someone that raped a child and, and fled justice because that's the thing. He fled justice. If he had served time, whatever he, society deemed he should have done, then sure, I would say he should be allowed to make more movies. But then since he fled, he's been he's been making a lot of, sure, great movies. I have I don't think I've seen one, but they're all really critically acclaimed but for sure if someone doesn't know about all of this and is a part of a movie like for Weinstein then yes you should keep that in mind I agree with you I mean we should take into consideration that there were accomplices but I also think that there were people who were silenced that even though he had accomplices there were also some people who knew what he was doing but they couldn't say anything because he's very or well, at least he was at the time a very powerful man so there were some people who couldn't say anything. Are you going to blame some those people too? That, you cannot really, but that's also what cancel culture does. Like, are we if we cancel someone, do we cancel the whole um, production team? Do we cancel the whole, or do we just cancel him? It's a very complicated issue. I agree. So to talk more about Polanski, so for those who don't know who Roman Polanski is, he's a very famous Polish-French director, producer, writer, and actor who fled the USA in 1978 while he was awaiting sentencing for having sex with a 13-year-old. Um, he denied rape but pleaded guilty to the lesser crime of sex with a minor and served 42 days in a California prison for psychiatric evaluation before he was released. As he was likely to face up to 50 years in prison, he decided to flee to Europe, where he has been making movies ever since. And a lot of people know about this thing. I mean, it's been going on for 40 years. For me, I think if people were to face the consequences of their action in front of society, we wouldn't have the need to cancel them. So in the case of Polanski, a lot of people don't care about canceling him so that's why he still makes popular movies and also i wanted to interrupt you because i just remembered that uh when there was a certain awards maybe it was cans i don't know how do you pronounce it no it was uh les césars in that one there was an actress who stood up and left when he won an award so yeah there are people who don't care but there are people like her who do care Yes, I was going to mention it. Her name is Adèle Enel. Uh, she's a very big figure in the Me Too movement in France. 
and that was uh, that made a lot of noise although didn't change much people mostly blamed her for her behavior when I think she was right I mean that's what I was saying he fled justice you know if he had decided to face justice and even if he served 20 years got out and started making movies again I would say you know some people can personally think they don't want to see those movies and don't want to support that but the point is you know people should be allowed to I mean this is weird to say make a mistake because this is a really big crime you know but there's this is why we have a justice system you know we should listen to it and act on it so he fled and I think that if there's a movement of people trying to cancel him I think it's right because what kind of justice can he face otherwise he decided to go outside of the system so people do what they can with what they have do you think that cancel culture can be a consequence of poor legal system because right now you've been discussing this and I was thinking that it reminds me of some ancient societies tribal societies in fact when they were trying to isolate people from the tribe for committing a crime and right now that's the same so people don't serve a legal term they're out of the legal system and the society tries to isolate them yes I think so there's a lot of problems with the justice system in, ev- in a lot of countries I would say all of them for example having to Sometimes some victims have to face their aggressor because they have to testify, that kind of thing. This is really harsh, and some people can't do it. There's also the whole thing where a lot of people are not listened to. I mean, in France, for example, uh, victims of sexual assault are kind of not taken always seriously by the authorities and that kind of thing. So in the case of famous people, the fact that some can escape that justice because the justice system is failing, I think... Like, we shouldn't let them escape that. But at the same time, is it completely okay? That I'm not sure of. But most of the time, I would say yes. I think it's a very interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. But I think that people, especially on social media, they act as if they are lawyers and judges. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you said that, it is very true that they think that the justice system is going to fail them. Either way, so they're like, okay, so we are going to be the ones that judge this person and we're going to be the ones that make sure that his career is going to or their career is going down. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I agree because there's this other thing also because sometimes it's just allegations. And personally, I decide to always root for the victim, but this is a very personal choice. I mean, even though I have no proof or whatever, I think there is the chance that a victim is lying, but I think it's a very slim possibility. If you never believe the victims because there's this chance that they're lying, you're not helping change. There are studies about this. I didn't think we were going to mention this, so I don't have numbers, but I remember reading a lot of articles talking about like associations that deal with, for example, sexual assault or whatever, and having data about how many false allegations there are and this is less than I think 5% which is such a slim number in Spain the violence against women the where you were talking about the false accusations and stuff the number is 0.025% so it's nearly nothing but there are some people who do but I agree with you that we should always believe the victim 
in most cases. Yeah, in a utopian society, then you would not have these problems. So you wouldn't have to side with someone and just wait for the proof. But the thing is, you're not. Whatever direction you decide to go in, you know, always believing the victims or always waiting for proof, there's always an innocent person that gets hurt. And I feel that in this case, the people that have been mostly wronged should be the ones to be supported the most. To go back to Polanski, it's really interesting also because, like we mentioned, the Me Too movement, there's a lot of movements that want to kind of erase the impact of these people. And for example, the whole thing about Polanski didn't prevent him from making a movie, but there's a certain virtual suppression of his work because on Netflix, for example, because of people speaking up, most of his movies are still on Netflix, but they stopped being promoted. So there's this kind of fake support from companies that try to have some sympathy for the public, but also don't necessarily support them. So they will keep those movies because, like you said, maybe it's a controversial topic. You know, People worked on those movies, whatever. But otherwise, it would be a violation of freedom of speech because a movie, it can be a good movie. It's, again, maybe a piece of art even. And then you decide to cancel the movie and to cancel everything connected to the person. That's also problematic a little bit. I don't think in completely erasing the movie from existence, but... I'm talking about Polanski. I'm not talking about alleged accusations or whatever. He admitted the crime. He's never faced justice. I think he shouldn't benefit. And every person that's worked with him, I don't think they should be allowed to benefit from that with making money from a movie. But this is a personal opinion. I, I agree with you to some extent, but not for this particular case. Actually, I was wrong because they, they, kept, they just kept promoting one of them, the, the pianist. Have you heard about this movie? Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. The, yeah, but of course, I agree. I've seen it, actually, but I don't know. It's To me, this is this thing where we shouldn't always deal in absolutes, you know? There's this gray area in everything, but then I agree who decides what is what. In this case, to me, you know, I one less good movie in existence doesn't mean much to me. But then, yes, where do we draw the line? That is very hard to define. Um, and to finish on this, he won awards for a lot of movies, at least for The Pianist. He won Oscar for his direction. And it, it's just the country that is pursuing him is offering him awards for his movies. It's like it's so it diminishes so much of what like the of the weight of things, you know. I again have a point to make because that movie is quite old. So I think the cancel culture was not that strong during that time. That is why his awards seem to be logical again. But I think right now Oscar becomes a bit more radical about making judgments and decisions. So maybe if it happens now, th this guy wouldn't be awarded with an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I know cancel culture wasn't a big thing before, but it's funny that it came from allegations you know from like Weinstein and then we had this guy it wasn't allegations you know it was a fact then you know you could discuss a little bit about the sentence whatever but the thing is he admitted to it so we haven't talked about the fact that they could have taken the Oscars away from him and they didn't also yes guys I have a question for you do you like Harry Potter yes that's my favorite is really? it actually your favorite 
because the next person I'm going to be talking about who was canceled a few years ago is J.K. Rowling. I don't know if you know this, but she came under fire in early June 2020 for controversial tweets that she posted about the transgender community. Her stance has caused fans and stars like Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Greens, and Eddie Remain to speak out against her. The thing started on June 6, 2020. Rowling retweeted a journalistic piece that discussed people who menstruate, apparently taking issue with the fact that the story did not use the word women. People who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me. Wumben, wimpund, womund. That's what she wrote. That initial tweet garnered a lot of backlash, but Rowling did not relent and wrote about her views in more detail. She continued, I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. Then, later on June 10th, 2020, Rowling published a lengthy post on her website and sent out a tweet that read, Turf Wars. If you don't know, TERF is an acronym that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. So they are basically feminists who do not feel like trans women are supposed to be in the feminist movement. And her initial tweets and some subsequent doubling down have drawn a lot of fire from trans activists and fans of Harry Potter, many of whom had found comfort in the story of an outsider finding a place where he belonged, like Harry. The username Tess Fowler said, Do not read J.K. Rowling's transphobia manifesto. I already did it for you. Every line is misinformation, fear-mongering, misgendering, ordering, ignorance, far-right language, dog whistles, and pure hate. It's not just ugly. This is hate. Don't ingest this BS, I beg you. Then celebrities like Daniel Radcliffe, Bonnie Wright, and Rupert Grint were against Rowling's words. Later on, on July 5th, 2020, Rowling went on another social media rant after this one, and because a Twitter user called her out for liking a tweet that compared hormone therapy to antidepressants. Among the things that she said is this tweet. Many health professionals are concerned about young people struggling with their mental health. They're being shunted towards hormones and surgery when this, not, this may not be in their best interest. Many, myself included, believe we are watching a new kind of conversion therapy for young gay people who are being set on a lifelong path of medicalization that may result in the loss of their fertility and or full sexual function. Of course, after this, people had a lot of thoughts. In fact, there was a hashtag that started trending that was hashtag RIP JK Rowling. So as a fan of the books, Natasha, and the movies, I assume, what do you think of this whole canceling thing on J.K. Rowling. Are you still reading the Harry Potter books with the same love as you did before, or has the whole thing changed for you? Uh, the whole thing indeed changed for me a little bit, uh, because I've heard about this scandal, but I didn't go much into detail, so I didn't try to investigate what happened there, and I didn't read all of her posts and what exactly she told there. So for me, it was a bit hard to come back to reading Harry Potter for the 30th time. But after a while, I was thinking that maybe I cannot be the person to 
to decide here. It's not my place to talk about that. Because on the one hand, reading her quotes, now I understand what she meant. On the other hand, I think it should be discussed by trans people, not by myself. So that's, yeah, really, that's not about the book. For me, that's about a person of certain age who has certain views. And it's not like the same as committing a crime. It's what the person believes in. And she's totally not modern with her views. I completely agree with you on the fact that it's not a crime. So it's a bit different. You know, should you condemn people for just what they're saying? In this case, it's hurting a lot of people. And the fact that this person keeps going on and on in a really hurtful way, her voice is listened to because she's a very popular woman. And I think it has impact on a lot of people's lives. In this case, other people voicing back together to face that should be allowed because this isn't something that can be really repaired by justice because, like you said, this is not a crime. This is just opinions, but they, these opinions actually hurt people because for some people, it's their lives. So if, if these people, like you said, you know, it's not necessarily my place or yours, I kind of agree with that too, you know, to discuss these things because we're not affected by this. Then again, uh, canceling here would mean people who support these people voicing back by stop buying the books or watching them, watching the movies or whatever. And I, I understand that it's kind of hard because this is such a popular thing that so many people have enjoyed together. And there were themes in these books that were really important to other people as well. And so you've grown up with these books, movies. I've also loved the book as well. It's not... So it's a really complicated topic. I, I think there should be a place for discussion, kind of. The problem with cancel culture in this particular moment is that it's hard, I think, for someone to admit they, they made a mistake and try to understand someone else when there's so many other people coming after her. But then again, she keeps on going, so, you know, I don't really know what to say. I personally can go without reading these books because I have friends, you know, that are affected by this and I, I prefer to support them. It's more important for me than just enjoying a book. I can enjoy something else. Here, I still would like to differentiate between her personality and the book. I don't know why with this example it comes easy to me. Yeah, maybe just because I like Harry Potter that much, but maybe as well. I'm not going to listen to her right now, to her interviews, to her university speeches. So... In this case, I can cancel personal person's views, but Harry Potter is a different thing for me. It brings different ideas, completely different and as well, always relevant to the fight between evil and good. So with Harry Potter, I don't feel that it's connected. And as well, I'm not investing any money into that because I already have the books at home. So I'm not going to burn them. <laughs> Sorry, it's not good for climate as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, actually, kind of. I mean, it's I, I'm not really fixed on my position. Like I, like you said, you've already bought the book, so what can you do? Are you just going to throw them away? Like you said, it's a completely different thing. She's not making a book about this. It's a position that she has 20 years after she released her books, and it's not the point of her books as well. So... 
I do agree, you know, like you could still watch the movies and watch the books. It doesn't mean that you don't support the people that are being hurt by what she's saying right, right now. But for example, the new projects that she's got, that she's releasing, like the next movie, that the like the recent Fantastic Beasts movie that came out and the next Harry Potter game that's coming out as well, she will make money off of this. And it, this is the only way of people showing that they don't support her views is to not, to not support her art, kind of. What is the best course of action? You know, where up to where should you go? I think that I agree with you that we shouldn't burn what we already have, like the books we already have, because that's the past and we don't know how she behaved in the past. Like she's been saying these things now. I think we should pay attention to what people do now. Although I just remembered from higher part, there's there are a few things that are not that I remember why some people also wanted to kind of cancel the books as well because there's a lot of anti-Semitic images, kind of. For example, with the goblins that are the bankers of the magical world, the, this design of the really caricature is very, very similar to Jewish caricature, you know, with a big nose, really small. And this isn't necessarily an attack on people, but there's this internalized, at least, imagery that you keep using, and that's not necessarily friendly to some people. It can just be a mistake, because, like I mentioned before, I think people should also be allowed the right to like grow past their actions and still exist. But I, I understand also why some people don't want to celebrate the books as much as they, as they did because of that kind of thing. But I think with that, we can just easily cancel half of the books in this world because there are problems with uh, misogynism, there are problems with sexism and all of the ism, all of the classical books especially. I completely agree with you. That's why it's so hard to evaluate. And also, that's why also I mentioned, I think everyone should be allowed to come back to society even if they make a mistake. Yeah, I think on the one hand, people should be aware of what they're doing, of what they're reading, watching, talking about, and so on. So if I enjoy reading Tolstoy, that's my responsibility to get to know that he was beating his wife, for example and then think about that or not think about that. So for some people it matters, for some it's... But with J.K. Rowling, actually the story continued. There are a lot of talks right now about how the West is canceling Russian culture. And these talks exist both abroad and in Russia especially. I don't want to speculate on this much, but what amazes me is how the phenomenon of cancel culture can be used for good and bad. So the President Putin, at one of his recent speeches, directed his attention to the notion of cancel culture and the evil West, as usual. He said, and I quote, They recently canceled the children's author, John Rowling, because she's an author of books which sold hundreds of millions of copies around the world, but didn't satisfy fans of so-called gender freedoms. So you see how carefully he built this phrase to change the narrative, an author of children's books and so-called gender freedoms. And luckily, Rowling replied back, apparently, so she responded on Twitter, 
critics of Western council culture are possibly not best made by those currently slaughtering civilians for the crime of resistance and who jail and poison their critics. So, as you see, she experienced council culture, but she as well is quite active in vocalizing that not everything is council culture. Yeah, I think that it's funny that she was in the same page as Putin, but she was like, no, I'm not going to agree with him. <laughs> I think that's very funny. Like, he supports her, but she's like, no, this is where I draw the line. Like, cancel me if you want. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not taking this. And this is very interesting also because then for her, you know, everyone has this opinion where what should be canceled or not. Like, wh who is she to say? It feels obvious to say that Putin is a really bad person. <laughs> But then people say that about her and her views because it's hurting a lot of people. But she's also she also has this opinion and then she doesn't want to be associated with ideas also. So I think it's everyone criticizing cancel culture or being a part of it as like some kind of – is also doing it in some other way because everyone supports their own ideas in some way. So it's really easy to be a part of this without realizing you don't need to be part of a popular movement to act in the same way. And we've talked about writers, directors, producers, and other people. But what about singers? Because there are a lot of singers who have been canceled. I know where you're going with this. Carmen is not going to like it. She's not going to be happy about it, but I told her and she's happy with the ending. She lives with you. She can hurt you. Be careful. That is true. But today <laughs> I'm going to talk about a very dear person to my roommate who is Justin Bieber. Very famous. He has been famous for forever, it, feel, it feels like. And he is known to have not a very good image, let's say. He was involved in incidents like careless driving, pelting a neighbor's home with eggs, an alleged assault following an altercation with a photographer. There's a video of him slapping fans. And he said that in, back in 2015, he said that he was leaving behind his arrogant and conceited attitude after all of this bad behavior. And then he said that he had made the transition from teen idol to adult performer after he had found God. Therefore, he had a purpose, which was the name of the album, and he was trying to be a good person. It seems like a lot of people have forgiven him, but some haven't and still think that he hasn't changed. And now, after knowing a little bit about Justin Bieber, do you think that a person can change or just they act like they have changed, but they have not? Does it matter to people, to the public? What do you think? Yes, I believe that people can change. And I actually haven't heard about uh, these stories about Justin Bieber being consoled ever. For me, he's still in his teens and he's that small, naughty boy. Yeah, I'm not really interested in his personality. It's still an example of another pop star. And a lot of those behaved really not well, let's say. And I don't think that it ever led to counseling. So if he changed, that's good for him. Does it matter? I mean, I hope that he's not dangerous for people and so on. Otherwise, it doesn't matter for me. Yes, very interesting topic. Does it matter if someone acts like he, people want him to because he used to be 
very toxic person, let's say, for for having this kind of behavior, or is it does it matter that he, that he actually changed? Very interesting. I think that you know, if inside he's still a very bad person, but he acts like a good person and doesn't hurt anyone else, I don't think it matters. But then, it, of course, it, it's better if he understands and actually change. What do you think, Maria? Do people change? I think that most of the people, the famous people, they do not need to change because they are very powerful and have a lot of money. So I think that maybe their public image is different to their actual life. But now, guys, I want to ask you. We've talked about consequences with uh, people that you've mentioned already. But in general, do you think that there are consequences for these celebrities after being canceled? Or do you think they just follow their normal life and there's no consequences for them? It depends. Like we've mentioned Polanski, we've mentioned, who else? Weinstein, J.K. Rowling. Weinstein's been convicted, so so there, he was like, in, it was such a big movement around that that something happened. Sometimes they just need to not care, which is the case for Polanski. You know, he just keeps doing his thing. And although people want to cancel him, it doesn't seem to work because the industry is supporting him. J.K. Rowling doesn't have that many consequences as well. When there was all the controversy about what she said, she, there was a rise in, in the sales of her book. There are consequences, but it really depends on the person and their power, and it's really amazing to, to watch this. I'm just thinking of Will Smith, for example, because this is really bothering me. It's very recent as well. Yeah. This one person, yes, he, f he slapped someone in the face in front of a lot of people, but... It's a, first of all, it's a slap that he apologized for, and there's a proof of that. So if Chris Rock, the person he slapped, wants to press charges, they can, and this will be resolved in private. If the Academy, because it occurred during one of their show, wants to fire Will Smith from attending and that kind of thing, I agree. It happened also on their show, so they, if they want to reprimand him, sure, but then so many things happen like Netflix is canceling his movies it, it, it's going in such proportions that I don't know to me it feels kind of like racism because I, I don't really joke about violence but this is this is a slap this is one of the bad sides of cancel culture because we keep coming back to it but where do you draw the line for what kind of thing it's like who evaluates what's happening and there's so many people that give their opinion and It gets lost in a sea of other opinions and of people shouting at someone that they did wrong. And so I think sometimes you lose track of what actually happened. In this case, for me, this is really too much. I don't know what you think. I think that the Oscars have um, double standards that uh, acting as hypocrites here. Uh, because as we had discussed earlier, sometimes they give an award to... Doubtful people, and sometimes they decide to cancel an actor who slapped a person, but not without a reason as well, because there was quite a bad joke. So I think here, yes, that's an organization which couldn't handle it well. There should be some conversation between people, I feel, but that's really personal. And the fact that now a lot of people have witnessed that and they feel kind of attached to the story I think it's just, I don't know, the internet and the consequences of it. Because in other case, it would be really private. It would be just man-to-man -man talk, I think. 
Yes, I agree. And like you mentioned, in this case, I think it's just a matter of public image. They felt like it happened on their show, so they have to be really hard about it, but they don't really care about celebrating people who assault other people away from their show, which is so hypocritical. Yeah, I agree that maybe because it happened at the Oscars, they feel like it was the responsibility to prevent him from going to other year's celebrations and stuff. But there were also other people who did terrible things at the Oscars. Like people, I think it was Jim Carrey, he kissed an actress without consent, or uh, people doing terrible stuff, and nothing happened. Um, I see what you mean. You, uh, you said it was at the Oscars, but it was actually at an MTV award show where yeah, he won an award, so he just came up and kissed the person presenting. Yeah, that's a double standard that Natasha was talking about. Like for some people, it's okay. For some people, it's not okay. So we've talked about the positive side and also the negative side of cancel culture. We're going to focus now a little bit more on the negative side. I recently watched a video on YouTube of a YouTuber called Anna Akana, and she really explained how cancel culture can be a weapon against other people. She divided her thesis into three parts. The first one is how cancel culture is weaponized against others. The second is how we weaponize cancel culture for ourselves. And the third one, she was trying to find a solution, like how can we fix cancel culture? First of all, the how cancel culture is weaponized against others. She was referring to, and I think it's very interesting, to people being silenced. For example, if a journalist posts an article about something that can be deemed problematic, people will try to put the article down, like to make the article disappear. Also, it, this has happened too with people on Twitter saying that maybe like artificial content is not good, so they need to change it. This happened with Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know if you guys are aware that there was a version of Sonic that was released in a trailer and people were scared of it because it looked creepy and they, they demanded that it was changed. So they actually did it at the end. And Sonic is a different cartoon now. Well, it's a different live action figure now because people were demanding it. You could argue that the outcome is positive because of course it looks better now. Like I feel like it, really looked bad and now it looks good and the movie was very popular and I think it could have gone a different way if they didn't change it but at the same time should you harass a whole studio a lot of people working on it in this way you know and there's this thing where I think people don't also don't know how to voice their disagreements so they just come together in this toxic way because ultimately it was really toxic I witnessed that on Twitter It's not that I was particularly interested in this topic, but, you know, you see trends. So you just look it up and you see so many people be being really obnoxious and sometimes, like, sending death threats to people just working on art. Or It's just, it's a movie. If you don't like what you see, you can voice your opinion, but you can also be decent about it. And that's one of the problems because people lose their minds in a way that is not okay. There's this thing where they, people don't seem to find the right balance i don't think they think too much about what they're saying means yeah i agree that people should be gentle or like kind when they express their opinions and their concerns like i agree that maybe the cartoon or like the live action figure was not very pretty and was a little bit scary 
But it's there's also another question that I have with this. Like, should people have this much power? Should studios listen to what people say about their creative content? Should, or should they just ignore them? Because I feel like with Twitter, people have a lot of power and they feel empowered. And if they don't like something, they're going to be like, change this or we're going to boycott whatever you make. But I think it's really fake feeling because it's not power. Yes, it's all the words, but a private company can listen to or as well can make a choice to not listen to people. So I think people actually did a good marketing attempt once they criticize a product. Maybe they were rude and impolite, but still it helped. Um, but as well, I think that's not about cancel culture. Maybe that's more about a new trend of calling people toxic and so on, which comes along with the cancel culture, I think. But for me, now it doesn't belong to the topic. I'm still curious, what was the second point? It actually has to do with something that you just mentioned, which is how we weaponize cancel culture for ourselves, which is actually calling people out because they feel good doing it. This means that when you tell somebody that they're doing something wrong, you feel good about yourself because you just corrected that person. And so this is what happens on social media. You hold people accountable for things they did years ago, maybe, and they get mad about it. Uh, this concept that has come out that is called outrage culture. Do you guys think that cancel culture wants people to change or people just like to watch the world burn? Second. Second, right? <laughs> It's very fun to be mad about things. Yes, but it's it's better to be right. You know, I decided a long time ago that I was going to be right about everything, and I feel very good. Sure. I, because I am factually right about everything, you know. You can't correct me. It's impossible. Sure, if, if that's what you think, yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think some people really want other people to change. Sometimes, you know, they make the effort, but most of the time. But yeah, it's this thing where... People just want to shove other people away. When you think you're right and someone else is wrong and you don't see a sl just the slight hint of possible change, they stop caring really fast and become really uh, kind of violent in their in what they say. And they don't intend for the people that are, they're correcting, canceling to come back to society afterwards is this thing it's a very interesting video the Anna Akana video because she mentions you know a lot of things that I agree with that people should be able to come back to society or whatever because then they create a society of their own everyone that you cancel is just going to get together on things they agree about and have no reason to change their minds on and so it just creates two different or maybe three different because there, there can be more than two opinions societies where just people get together on what they agree and just fight and not try to make positive change. Yeah, what you just told just reminded me of Trump uh, being back on Twitter. So yes, uh, that's quite possible that consult people and consult cultures can go together somewhere else. And same video, she mentions Sarah Silverman, also another celebrity who talks about cancel culture and what it means to her. And she says that she has a friend who was in a neo-Nazi group for 10 years or something since he was really young. And that 
he was a part of this because he felt accepted because of his situation at the time. But then in his late 20s, he, sh he changed his mind because he realized what was happening and he decided to, let's say, be better. And now he works to get people out of hate groups. And I think that's, that's the point she makes is that she also feels that if you were to follow cancel culture, this person wouldn't have had a second chance and couldn't be helping other people today. And it's very interesting because I think a lot of people don't think about this, that you can make huge mistakes for a long time and all of a sudden you can understand what you're, the mistake you're making and you should be allowed to live with everyone else because if no one accepted him, he would just have stayed in this hate group forever and not helped so many people. It's hard to draw the line. So yeah, we've commented on this case in which a person changed their mind. But do you actually think that we can fix cancel culture? Like we can live in a better place where it doesn't exist anymore? No, I'm a very negative person. I don't think we as a society can survive climate change. So I don't think we have time to survive cancel culture as well. Cancel culture is never going to stop until the juridic system gets better, but it will never be perfect. So there will always be something wrong that people need to voice themselves about. It's like the French Revolution happened 250 years ago. And what was it? People thinking like things were wrong with their country. So they took arms and they killed so many people to make a change, which actually didn't do that much. You know, we're still in, we have a president, but he still has some kind of monarchy type of presidency. Even if people like really make change, this is a link to cancel culture to me just because they, of the example of change, you know. People, although they can make change, it, it, they can't make a perfect society anyway, so they always have something that's really bad happening and that they will need to make better and, or criticize. Or Right now, this is the way they do it, and I think it's going to stay like that for a long time. What do you think, Natasha? I think that Manuel is right, but I really think so that... He is right in his negative standpoint. I'm very sorry for supporting this standpoint, but I think that people tend to criticize more and more. And maybe it's good that it's a war of words rather than an actual war. But what I find quite interesting from a scientific standpoint or a sociological standpoint that we keep inventing new and new phrases and words and names for these old elements of critics. We say cancel culture. Now you mentioned outrage culture. I just wonder what will be the next one because I'm quite sure that we'll have the next in five years or maybe two. I hope it's chill culture. Good. <laughs> that would be very nice. I just would like to add something else because we've talked about cancel culture with people, art, or um, how we weaponize it. And the thing is, just talking about if we think we can get out of it, And to add on the opinion that I don't think we can is just seeing how it was used by people to do something and then the people criticizing them for doing so start doing it as well. It's this thing where it's really inside people. Even me trying to sometimes, you know, see where I stand on things and try not to be obnoxious. It's hard sometimes. People have so many opinions on things, you know, and they can't really stop shutting up about it. Sometimes they shouldn't, for sure. But a lot of times maybe they should. And it's so hard as a society to stop for a minute, not talk about things. I feel that way for myself also because I know I don't have the perfect opinion on things. It's impossible to. 
And although I try to, I, I realize, you know, that we've been talking for an hour and I excuse cancel cultures in a lot of cases, but I also keep saying that I don't know where to draw the line. There are cases that I feel where it is justified and some I don't, but I'm not the judge of that. And no one is. No one can really decide where we should stand on these things. And that's why I don't think it will ever end because some people feel so righteous about their opinions. They can never reflect on their ways. They will just keep acting this way for so long until someone else does it to them. Maria, add some positive touch to our opinion because, you know, be positive, be negative, balance is key. Okay, so I will say something positive. I'll try. I think that what people might need is empathy. Wow. Yes. And maybe if we think about each other's needs, we won't have to cancel as many people. You know. Just if they have done bad things. <laughs> so with this positive touch, Maria, I have to say you have to be honest right now. Do you personally cancel people? Okay, I'll be honest. I do cancel people. <gasps> I know. It's a shock. I know. I've been trying to be positive, but sometimes I just can't help myself. And it just happens because, like, for example, if it's a singer that has done something bad and I'm listening to their music, I just cannot listen to that person because I'm, I'm aware of what they've done and it's in my mind. And I'm listening to that person singing. I'm like, I just don't like you. So I just cannot listen to you. I just don't want to. Maybe it's like the best song that it's ever been released. But the thought of somebody that has done something bad singing in my ear, I just don't like it. Even if it was Camila Cabello? Camila Cabello has been canceled, but we've been talking about change, and she has changed. So she did something bad when she was 15. She used not the N-word, but bad words towards black people. But she has since rehabilitated. She has done workshops. She's an activist for a lot of movements. So I think in this case, I would forgive her. I am totally biased, of course, because she's my favorite singer. But yeah, there's some people who I just feel like it's happening right now. So maybe in some time I will forgive them. But right now, if it's happening, then it's like, I don't want to listen to you. I feel like we should pay more attention to the taste of Spanish people because, and maybe, you know, canceling that taste because we have Camila Cabello for Maria. Carmen is Justin Bieber. It's like a lot of pop singers doesn't feel like they're their own people but you know that's just if you ask me leave us Spanish alone <laughs> but have you heard that the song Oh Baby It's Cold Outside was cancelled as well no why what happened well I think it was in 2018 after the Me Too movement they just decided that it's too transparent what the song is about uh, so calling a woman back to the house and so on and they cancelled it it was a small local example of canceling this song at an American radio. So it was not universal at all. But yes, some people thought it's too much. I think people do strange things and people like strange things sometimes. So you don't cancel people? I don't. Um, mm -hmm. I mostly cancel people on political grounds, not something else. Mm -hmm. What about you, Manuel? I think so too. Yeah, political grounds is the most important ones because they, they are the ones who are supposed to act change in society. You know, they have the power, kind of. I don't actively cancel people, but I support people canceling other people. It's kind of... I spend a lot of time on Twitter just 
you know, looking at what my friends tweet and retweet. And I have a lot of activist friends that just share a lot of things. And then on my own, I try to read as much as I can for, from every point of view, you know, to have, to try to have the best criticizing that I can just for myself, you know, because I, I'm not a perfect person with opinions. Um, but yes, yeah, so then again, you know, if they change their minds, I can accept them again. I think though here is a bit hard. I'm Mustahaz because we're so different people. I feel like what would happen if in a podcast like Point of View, for example, we were to have such different opinions that would be hard for me to agree with this person and that like have conversations outside of it. I feel like that, I don't know how I would react. How do, how do you feel you would react? For Just for example, if I was going to say really mean things about Russian people, you know, in regards to the war, but not taking it to account. Because that's not my opinion. Like, I, I think Russian people are not responsible for what's happening. They sh for example, you shouldn't be punished for what's happening. But it's the case, like, in Europe, most people are banning Russians from everywhere. If you said so, we would cancel you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, to clarify, <laughs> I do not tell people bad things. I just cancel them, but I keep it to myself. No, but yeah, if I was if I was saying really mean things about some people not deserving it, for example, and you being the target of that, how would you react? I think if that's a conversation, I would still appreciate it more if you would post it online. So if you would do such things online, with the example about Russian people, uh, then I would ban you on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But if you tell that in person maybe that would be okay. Maybe I would start arguing, but there would be still some communication. Yeah. But it's the same, like, if someone here says something racist or whatever, but really stands by it, like, what do you do? Because we work together. Conflict resolution is one of the things we've learned. So we would try to not change their mind, but to try to step into others' shoes. So having an intervention. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call it that, yeah, sure. I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like if someone were to say that kind of thing, like having a lot of racist views or that kind of thing that was in my friends group or whatever, or being really hurtful to someone else, I would like to support the other person by not talking to that first person, you know. But then do you exclude everyone from everything all the time? The same question, you know, they form their own society if they, you leave them in a corner, so... What do you do? Intervention, for sure. I mean, it's a difficult question. <laughs> yes. I don't have the answers. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm just considering during it right now because I know it's likely to happen at some point. Not necessarily on a big thing like racism or that kind of thing, but on some other topics, it can. Cancel culture can happen in real life and yeah. not only on social media. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've we've gone around the topic um, because you can get facts as much as you want to try to discuss if it is valid or not, but ultimately no one has the high ground on what is right or wrong. That's why law, just, just to talk, for example, about justice and law, every country has a different law system and different laws. No one knows what is ultimately right and absolutely right. And council culture being this kind of alternate justice that the people try to have for themselves has a lot of backfiring and although it can sometimes be right you can agree that it is right some people always agree that it's not we will never have this perfect balance 
and so there will there will be like backfiring casualties people taking consequences for someone else or not enough it's just it's never going to end because there's never going to be completely agreed upon system it might be replaced by something else in the next decade you know cancel culture by something else i don't know what it could happen even this replacement will not be perfect as well so this is so entrenched in personal opinion but it's a really interesting topic i think but we haven't given it any answers because we don't have them it's all for you to think about that's what's really important you know because like like maria mentioned although me and natalia don't think we'll be able to get out of it i think if people try to be as empathetic as they can towards other people it can only lead to at least something better if not something that will save us all it will be something that is that can become better than it is because that's what that's how it is you know considering other people's feelings is the only way to go i think do you agree with me yes of course you have to say yes You're we, have to, right. we have to end this podcast you have to say yes please yes manuel yes thank you <laughs> thank you Yes, so you can tell us if you agree with Manuel and if he is a god, as he's saying. He's never wrong. You can follow us on our social media. We are Mushtar.fm on Facebook and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoyed this fabulous podcast. See you next time. See you next time. Goodbye.